What is going on, draft heads? Welcome into a special series that we here at the Key Pass Collective are going to be promoting from our good friend Sanji, the newest writer for the Draft Society, over at the Banta Boys podcast. He is doing some incredible work in interviewing several community members about basically every single Premier League team, which is calling Inside Tracks. Uh, he's been doing this for a number of years now and highlighting fan tracks assets that you're going to want to draft, um, but also changes at the club, um, some drafting strategies, also some strategies on how to use fab uh, and other things. Again, we wanted to basically just highlight this series by co-hosting it uh, to get a few more ears on um, this particular effort from Sanji, if you will. Not to worry, normal episodes of the Key Pass Collective will be back shortly um, within the next couple of days. We'll be doing some highlights of specific player positions. We'll also be looking at some more mock drafts and then looking at some real drafts that have happened and kind of breaking them down and analyzing them. So we'll be back at you. But in the meantime, feast your ears on inside tracks from our friends over at the Banta Boys. Also... Remember that the Draft Society is your one-stop shop for preparing for the season. We have the draft kit that has been live. All of our team previews at this point have dropped. We are constantly refreshing our rankings. Head over to thedraftsociety.com to check out the draft kit. Without further ado, here is Sanji and the Inside Tracks series. Yo, 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 and welcome back to the Banter Boys Podcast. My name is Sanji. With me is Ben. How are you doing, boy? Pretty good. Pretty good. Thank you, Sanjay. It's very nice to see you again. Same here, man. It's it's great to see your face after a year. A year. But you've had a great year, you know? Fantastic year, yeah. Fantastic year. <laughs> so, I mean, let me allow you to get straight to the point, right? We'll start with a fan introduction. Tell us your name, your Twitter handle, the club that you're representing today, where you're from, and a bit about what you do. Okay, uh, my name is Ben Garside. Uh, my Twitter handle is at Ben Chickens. Um, the team I'm here to talk about is Man City. Um, I was brought up in Manchester, then we moved away and moved around the country. Uh, I now live between in some beautiful countryside, in between Barnsley and Huddersfield in West Yorkshire. I think last time I said where the houses are cheaper and the people are blunter. Yeah, I think that, 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 and that hasn't changed. So, surprise, surprise. What do I do? Um, well, I work in healthcare on the legal aspects of people that can't look after themselves and make sure they're happy and safe. And we, again, it's the same as last time. So, I mean, that's going to be the theme for me. Is that you know, it's it's very much business as usual. Business as usual for me. Just like Man City, exactly. You know, what's so special is last time we had you on, it was our 100th episode. This episode will be our 150th. You know, you seem to keep coinciding with these milestones, just like your club, you know? (laughs) I mean, now now that you've talked about City, 
congratulations on the treble honestly uh, th- thank you and i suppose i'm old enough to remember when things were not so good and that famous chant where were you when you were and we can finish that chant can't we <laughs> You know, it, it's interesting. Uh, you, like, I also listened uh, to the episode, and last season you were not very confident about winning the Champions League. What changed this time? Um, well, you know, when you, you, I mean, I'm looking through the script of what we're going to go through, the standards, um, and you, you haven't done your sponsors, have you, and all that kind of stuff? No, I, you know, I've not done the sponsors on any of the episodes. I mean, if you want, I, ca- I can do that right now since Wait, you've, you've we'll, kind we'll of have, we'll, have some, we'll have some new listeners, I'm sure. <laughs> sure. All right. Let's do the, uh, the social plug then. So welcome to the Banzer Boys podcast. We cover everything Fantrax related. So you can find us on Twitter at BanterB on instagram as well we're also on discord you can come chat with us our channel number is 6585 we're also on reddit we post all our episodes uh u forward slash banter underscore boys and you can find all our podcasts on anchor.fm where we distribute to spotify apple google Podcasts, soundcloud and more and we also post on youtube so come link us up you know share the good word and share the good advice of our amazing fan tracks managers like ben that are gonna give us good and amazing insights on clubs like manchester city i think that was good yeah yeah i think that that'll that'll do i mean i, I got a lot from listening to the other inside tracks uh it's, it's well worth well worth doing so uh yeah you were going to ask me about well, what was last year like what about manager changes? And I suppose that's the key to it. I think what changed is Pep changed. He did for me. Um, so for me, it was like having a new manager. I don't know if you noticed, but I, I noticed as a fan that suddenly he realised that the fans were there. He's quite a, a haughty, disregarding fella. Suddenly, I mean, maybe it's been, he'd been on a course last summer where the psychologist has said to him in, you know, recognise that you've got fans there, have some relationship with them, you know, look and talk to them, you know, do the usual stuff about saying, you know, I like the away fans, I don't like the home fans, I need some more noise from you. That changed. Also, and I think I was talking about this last year, he, old Pep, used to find a way to overcomplicate things. To make, you know, he was the Pep that used to go to to European Cup semi-finals and decide to have a complete new lineup. This Pep, for some reason, decided not to overcomplicate things, to make things a little bit simpler, to stick with some consistency, rather than mess around his players. So I think that's what changed. And yeah, there was there was a striker that that joined the team. Um, <laughs> yeah, there, there was a striker, but we'll come we'll come back to him um, later on. But anyway. Yeah, I mean, I mean, just to give the breakdown of what Ben and I are going to discuss on this episode, we're going to continue with our general discussion, basically talking about Pep, any maybe changes in ownership or the hierarchy. Um, we're obviously going to continue about the previous season performance, uh, what Ben is going to expect after you complete one of the most prestigious collection of trophies in a league or in a season. Um, then we'll talk about their old system versus new system, especially because of so many out goings and barely any incomings at the moment uh expected formation starting 11 impact of afcon and asian cup then obviously we'll get into the fan track side of things where we talk about his first pick next few picks and a hidden gem from man city and then we'll round things off 
getting his valuable experience as a fan tracks manager in terms of making trades and FA slash waiver picks, including fab budgeting. So to continue with the whole Man City discussion, I think not only was it Pep not overthinking it or whatever, but actually starting Rodri, which was the ironic thing about it, right? After you guys lost in the final against us, Rodri was benched. People were very, very shocked about that decision. It, it was It was refreshing to see Pep just keep it simple. Yeah, I mean, that's that was the secret for me of the year. Keeping it simple, also some good fortune. Um, like, you know, how would you know that you're going to get a 28-year-old Swiss defender called a Kanji when you were like paper? I was complaining that they were paper thin at the back, which they were. The scouting is really good at Man City, and they found yeah. they found a 28-year-old um, who is now... Is, is if you look as we move forward, he's one of the most nailed defenders and reliable people. So that was just good fortune or good 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 planning. Playing playing Rodri, having Gundogan go through his you know his real purple patch, Alvarez adapting to the system, Jack Grealish suddenly realizing what he was meant to do all along. <laughs> um, you know, as I said last year, there's a great player in there, and he's come yeah. out to, he's come out to play. And Definitely. then Haaland turned up. Haaland did really well, but I don't know if you think back. Um, do you remember all that stuff probably a couple of months into the season when Man City weren't doing so well? And everybody was saying, oh yeah, what, Man City, they're finding it really difficult to adapt. And, um, you know, they were better without Haaland, weren't they? You know, he's scoring a few goals, but they were better off without him. Yes, there was a long period of adaptation. Um, and then there was stuff which we still won't know about yet around Cancelo. There was stuff around uh, Rico, Rico Lewis coming in, and suddenly he's disappeared again, and John Stones is the new man. So again, John Stones, but again, his his performance in the... We're running straight, right across the season, but his performance in the final, the, the final final, um, was superb. The, the, you know, the, the pushing that he made into the final third... And the, and the passes he was making, just superb. So it, it, I think a lot of good fortune um, and Pep relaxing. Because again, sometimes you have teams which they'll play in spite of the boss. Sometimes you'll have teams that have got away from the boss and they'll do what they want to do. That The team that I support, if their boss is having a bad day, the team's going to have a bad day. Yeah. It, it, and, uh, um, you know, I think the new manager that your team's got, um, Poch, it's the same thing. The manager becomes the team. These are not happy-go-lucky managers. They are yeah. focus characters. Yeah. And and but if they have a bad day, you are going to have a bad day as well. And and it it just it worked well. And so whichever psychologist Pep's been to, saying just relax a bit, acknowledge you've got a crowd, don't get too het up. You'll be loads of points behind Arsenal. But don't worry about it. And, and it, I suppose it's just that that was the that was what happened. There were no panics. And I think Cancelo leave. I mean, th- th- maybe sometimes these big managers. And I, I used to be a big fan of Jose. Uh, and yeah, I know you're not a big fan of Jose. But um, uh, I don't know. I, I would say I am. I would say but I am. These big <laughs> these big characters. I mean, they're they're big entertainment. People love to see what they're doing next, and they like putting down lines in the sand. You know, I, again, I admire that. You know, those those noisy neighbours next door. Um, <laughs> that he that 
ETH is a superb manager. The way he dealt with Ronaldo and just putting lines of the sand, the line of the sand for Rashford, you can't, you turned up late, so you're not starting. Publicly, um, and I th- I th- I'm, a, I'm a fan of a strong manager because these are, these, are, these are young kids. In the end, they're, they're much younger than me. They're even younger than you. <laughs> yeah. And, and they, they, they need direction. Uh, and, you know, otherwise it doesn't come together. Play, we've, we see lots of examples of, of teams that just play as individuals and it doesn't work. Uh, again, the, preparing for this, um, and I'm rambling a bit now, but preparing. No, it's, I, pre- I love this. I love this. Preparing for this. I thought, you know, he's going to ask me about which, which players are going to score the points. And I'm thinking, well, they don't really score points apart for a few that we'll go on to. Why yeah. don't they score points? Because they're just doing the job. They're yeah. they're a, they're a system. They're a machine. Yeah. Um, and that and that's I suppose that's that's things will change because things always change. Empires grow, conquer, and then they collapse. It'll happen. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, I I think it's a true privilege uh, to be part of this footballing era to be witnessing one of the greatest managers at Wick because just when you think he's out of the game he comes up with this new mad tactic that just reinvents the game all over again and other clubs are just basically playing catch up like my biggest question now is how do you follow up a treble like wh- what do you do now like surely if you win no trophies you're going to be like okay we just won a treble but you're still going to be i think pep is that sort of person that he's going to want to keep winning that First of all, I think the Premier League is always going to be his first priority, I think. And now that the Champions League monkey is off his back, like, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, what, what do you expect now? Yeah, I was going to try and think of a different phrase, but you've used that phrase now. But that, that was the only one I could come up with because that, that's been hanging around with him. Um, I suppose the, the what I was thinking about, about this, and I was thinking of the, that it's used a lot, but the word legacy. Pep's not going to be there that much longer. I think Pep will now be thinking about what can I do in terms of legacy. I, I know what myself and many other Man City fans would like him to do, which is it's got a really successful academy. Let's start bringing some of those through. Pep has previously been very, very careful with some of his uh, treasured possessions and preferred to go for the safer ones. But sometimes, and maybe the, the turnover this summer might allow some names to come through, names that we can talk about. The difficulty for Fantrax players is you can't tell. You can't <laughs> tell when they're going to come through. This is this is not, you know, people will look at Man City and they'll just avoid Man City. And I'm not going to be suddenly coming out with secrets to tell them to suddenly, you know, jump in on Man City. They're going to change and they're going to be Fantrax relevant. But I'm I'm hoping that what Pep does now, it goes back to his, my imaginary psychologist, sits down and said, how did that go? What do I do to keep it going? And the psychologist says, well, you know, you're going to be leaving soon. You need to think about whether people like you, what they remember you for. So I think probably what you need to do is get some more of the local kids in. Yeah. But that's, that would be my take on it. But what do, what, 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 what do I know? That's what I would hope for. Um, the, the difficulty, and I've seen um, big names like... Um, Draft Genie say that he's very down on Kevin De Bruyne and he says that he'll either be rushed back too quick because Pep will want to keep up what they've already got 
or they'll be too careful with him because Pepper want to keep what he's got. So um, it's obviously going through the minds of some of the Fantrax followers as to how Pep's going. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll find out in a few weeks' time at, at Burnley. Yeah. Uh, any changes in the uh, Man City hierarchy we should know about or that could affect things uh, for the upcoming season? Not that I know about. They keep things very quiet. I mean, that's the other thing that, that Man City do is that they have been very successful at keeping information really tight. Okay, so let's talk about transfers then. I mean, we talked about, uh, you know, last year's episode about the likes of Zinchenko leaving, Sterling leaving, uh, Gabriel Jesus. Uh, I mean, those would be some of the big names for me. Uh, last time you said, you know, you were going to miss Zinchenko the most. I mean, it's it's hard to pinpoint, you know, which player you guys missed the most, given how successful you were last season. But if you had to pick one, because there was definitely a dip in form up until around the Christmas time, and then Pep had to change things around. Who do you think, you know, whose absence kind of was as a result of that, do you think? Um, well, I think, you know, he's a big, he's a big character, um, Harland coming in, he, he, you know, and, and he will do what he's going to do. He had, he wasn't, uh, Pep made it very clear he was going to be playing every minute he could. This was, this was a different character, whatever deal they'd done, um, he was going to be the man and the system had to adapt around that. Um, so in terms of missing, I think, as I said, um, it was time for Jesus to move on. It was time for Sterling to move on. They they wanted regular time. Well, they got regular time, and one of them did really well. And then, <laughs> and then, got, in, then got injured. And I think if he hadn't got injured, I think City would have been yeah. in a lot more trouble if Jesus yeah. hadn't got, got injured. Yeah. And one agreed. of them got got a lot of time, and he didn't do very well. Yeah, we'll we'll get to that episode in like a couple of weeks. So, 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 <laughs> you'll you'll hear my take on that. But but, but Sinchenko, I think. That was one of Zinchenko is a and still is a really I think an interesting not Fantrax relevant player, but an interesting player for his 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 energy that he brings to the team, um, particularly at the time of um, Ukraine war. Yeah, uh, that energy and enthusiasm, passion that he brings, which Arsenal have benefited from, which City would just when you went to see City at the start of last season, they got this new player up front. They didn't know how to play with him. He was looking frustrated. And Man City didn't have that fight in them. So I'm not saying that was all down to Dinshenko. But if you were asking me, it was that spirit that wasn't there. And it was a team adapting. Uh, and I think I said last time, they didn't have prep before the season. This time, they've had a good few. Um, they will have had a few matches. And I think, it, interesting, they've gone they've gone east rather than west. And that's yeah. the, which is different from most of the other teams have gone west to America, haven't they? The yeah. City have yeah, gone yeah. for financial reasons. They've gone over to their pals over in uh, the Far East. <laughs> so, in terms of the ins last summer, obviously Haaland a success, Manuel Akanji a success, uh, Ortega even in the bit of time that he was called into action was one of the best goalkeeper assets around in Fantrax. I want to say yes. If if you go, if you know, if you if you like like you have done because I know you love doing this is if if you measure it by you know, points per 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 ninety and that that section, yep. he's yep. always at the top there, isn't he? So yeah. if, if you know that that's a that's a tip for people. If you see that a tanker's going to be playing, get him in. 
Yeah. Uh, that's what the evidence suggests. Yeah. Uh, two more names, though. Calvin Phillips and Sergio Gomez both had different levels of uh, contribution last season. Um, are you expecting bigger things? Uh, were, you, were you happy with their uh, like contribution, I guess, input last season? Um, well, it's always with Man City, it's, it's the... F- Harland is the exception to the rule. He he did very well in his first season. People normally manage to get their head around the system by by the second season. The um, the midfield's a bit too big for that man. Um, <laughs> I, I always forget his name. Um, but but in in in, ter- in terms of, he's come from Leeds and he still looks. What am I doing here? Yeah. And if you you know sometimes. Um, Whenever he's playing, I've I try and watch him individually and see what he does. He seems to pass backwards most of the time. Mm, being safe. Um, be, being being safe, and, yeah. and I suppose it's like he looks like he's worried that he's going to do something wrong. Yeah, um, I mean, I mean, surely there's a lot of pressure when you're playing for such a successful club like Manchester City in recent times, and a manager like Pep Guardiola who demands, I think, nothing less than perfection, almost. So, so yeah, and he, and he's been. You know, he's had a lot of difficulties this year. Um, with we hope that this this sees it through. I, I'm not sure he's got the quality, but happy to be proved wrong. Again, uh, Kovacic coming in um, will be yeah. either a, a support or more competition. I tend to see it as more competition. I can't see Kovacic. He's a nice, friendly fella. That's the reputation. <laughs> that's the reputation he's got. But he's a determined footballer. He's going. He's going to be wanting to be on that pitch. Yeah, I think getting Kovacic is an absolute steal. Uh, not only from a fan tracks perspective, but also as a player perspective, what he can do on the pitch, uh, his ability to drive forward with the ball. Uh, I think he's going to go under the radar for a lot of fans and fan tracks managers. Uh, but again, that could also be dependent upon the amount of playing time that he gets and his role in the squad, etc. So. Let's touch on a couple of outs. Firstly, the most recent out, Ilkay Gundogan, leaves us an absolute legend, surely. Uh, very, very, very much so. Um, I think I remember saying last time he, he was he came with Pep. He came injured. Pep, Pep. He was a first purchased by Pep. So this this is all like we're coming towards the end of the Pep chapter. Yeah. Um, so Gundogan, uh, he, he wanted uh, again. It's no no secret there was a big push from his partner she didn't want to be around yeah um that that's that's the word she wanted to be around uh, they've got a new baby they want to go different places that's fine very happy to to have have him move on he was a wonderful servant absolutely wonderful servant with um a fantastic drive um it almost take me back to yaya tori um, yeah. for for younger listeners um so so it, I th- I, th- I thought that was that really sad to see him go, but happy to see him go because he's gone at the top of the game. So so, he, he, so that's great. Um, in terms of other people going, um, we will see what what's going to be happening. I think Walker will go, um, and I think that's just going to get wrapped up. Um, they seem to be very determined to keep hold of Bernardo. Really determined. Not a bad thing at all, honestly. He's a winner. Uh, he's, he's a, he's he's a, a great character to have around. Yeah, and he's he's especially loved by Liverpool fans, isn't he? Uh, <laughs> but but yeah, he's a good character to have around. 
Um, but they seem very determined. I'm not sure how they're doing it. Um, he still might yet go. Mares, as soon as Saudi came, Mares was one of the candidates. Um, and again, wish him well. Um, he, he surprisingly, if you look statistically, had a really good season last year. If you were mug like me and picked him up in drafting, it didn't feel like a really good season. And I know that Totty was was winding me up something awful the first half of the season. And I, w- <laughs> I wouldn't let go of Mares. He came good in the end, um, yeah. and he actually played more uh, more games last season than he did the season before. But again, brilliant first touch. Uh, but it was time time to move on. I think that's a good ethos that that Pep's, Pep's got. And if you listen to um, who's that manager in, in uh, the the CEO of Brighton, he's got the similar view that. If a player goes, wants to go, you need to let them go. Um, uh, but, Paul Barber? Uh, yeah, it's something, so. something like that. I'll, I'll, I'll send you, send you something. Okay. Remind me. I'll send you something. Very interesting person, fascinating person. But he, he liked Pep and and the people behind the message. They always say, have a plan. Don't leave it to. Don't do a lead. And you know, oh. What are we going to do? Something's happened. We want to sack a manager. What are we going to do? That doesn't work in football. It doesn't work in any business. Yeah. You need to have some degree of plan, which actually accepts that people will go and move on, or you'll have fallouts like Cancelo. So, so the, the thing, things will move on. Cancelo, he 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 will go. People say, well, why has he gone to America? Well, why would you not take him to America? You know, he you can, have to increase his value or maintain a particular value if that's you want right. to get and you, money out of it. And if you're trying to say to a certain team that might not want to sell you their left, a uh, left and right, you know, called Guav Guav, you have better with names, Vardol. Va, Va, Who who's uh, oh Va, uh, Gvardiol. Vardiol. Vardiol. Yeah, if yeah, you're yeah, trying yeah. to say to them, look, we don't really need him. We're not going to pay over the odds because you know we've got so. It's and and that as the joke goes, he did have someone to sit on the plane to hold his hand, and that was Bernardo. You know, both 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 Portuguese colleagues. So, so I think I expect Cancelo to go. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So a lot of people were messaging me on the side, uh, even when I recorded the um, Sheffield United podcast last night. Um, James was telling me, "Oh, can you please ask Ben a question for me?" What are we doing about Cancelo? So, I mean, you heard it from 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 Ben. So, I think managers should maybe um, certainly, let it go. Certainly, the um, certainly the fans don't want him back. Really, that's yeah. that's the, that's the, so the fan, crazy. The fans that's don't so want him back. They see yeah. him as a, um, I'd say, an albatross. Okay. If if you if you're familiar with the concept, that if you have an albatross. It's something that's hanging around you that brings you bad luck. Ah, okay, okay. So okay, it's okay. always the, the 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 joke that goes around the fans is, we were having such a bad time. Then Cancelo went, the boss put his foot down, everything was fine. <laughs> yeah, it's honestly it's absolutely crazy. You guys went from owning one of the best fullbacks in the league to playing with no fullbacks at all 
basically just center backs and absolutely dominated things. Yeah, it's it's yeah, amazing I, I to pick, watch. I picked him in the first round last time. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm that stupid as well. Yeah, I, I mean, l- listen. When we do get to the to the pick section, I I will give <laughs> haunt you with some of the words that you said on last uh, episode. I'm sure I'll, of the I'll, t- I'll talk my way around. I'll talk my way around. <laughs> so before we move on to like the old system, new system stuff. I do want to uh, get a bit of feedback with respect to a player that also left the club and is going to a newly promoted club, Burnley, James Trafford. What can um, Fantrax managers be expecting from a player like him? Uh, superb goal kicking. I mean, if you watched the the final um, of the uh, European under-21s, that's, you know, that it... It was a double save, but also the spirit that he's got. Um, he's a very understated fella. Um, and you, you'll just get a very reliable... Um, he's already been picked up um, in the, the drafting that we're doing at the moment very early on. So people Already? Have, yeah, wow. <laughs> so so, so people, have, people have picked that up. Um, yeah, you're going to get something straightforward. And again, managed by a, a superb manager, um, city legend Vince Company. I th- I think he's a good good shout. Again, you've you've you, you can acknowledge that Burnley are going to get a lot of shots against them. Um, so I think it's is one worth thinking about. Um, but I wouldn't pick him the first two weeks because he's got Man City on the fir- the first first week and then he's got a blank the second week. So don't draft him. All right, bold calls, bold advice. I love it. Okay, let's uh, talk a bit about old system versus new system. I mean, I feel like we saw the transition uh, last season, right? It, like it was basically a, a tale of two halves of a season. Um, so, can we expect this? Um, I guess three, two, four. What is it? Can you uh, can you uh, guide me here? What what was the formation well, I, in the I, end? I, I wish I could guide you. I mean, I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> clever. Like, like, 3 2 one no, I think, is I'm, what the formation I'm was. Not, I, I was listening with admiration to Robbie explaining the box system and top of the box. And, yeah. You know, he's so <laughs> clever, is Robbie. And, uh, I, Brilliant, lad. And, and uh, I'm just not made that way. Um, I just I just know that if they're going forward, and again, there's lot, what's great, um, because City have been successful, lots of people get on the bandwagon, and some have already been there. But what's great is if you want to go onto Twitter, there's lots of accounts that specialise in city tactics. So if you don't understand it, you can you can go there. I won't be quoting them directly because that's not that kind of podcast. But um, it's really about if they move forward, it's about putting the press on. So therefore, a bit like um, they've done latterly in, at Liverpool, that the 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 right. One of the one of the fullbacks moves forward into midfield and is comfortable in midfield. They push the opposition back until they're until they're in the place where they want to be, and then they reform uh, further down the pitch. It's quite a simple idea, um, but you need the right player to do it. Rico Lewis could do it, but John Stones does it better, and I would say that Terence does it even better for Liverpool. Interesting. Okay, so if the season was starting tomorrow, uh, at least for the net first few game weeks, what would your starting eleven be? Uh, Edison in the back three. Akanje Diaz. We're not. I can't. I can't have a new player, can I? So uh, you can. You can have whatever you want, man. This so, is your. This so, is your moment. So, so, so it's going to have to be Ake at left left back. But 
the word the word is if you want the two centre backs that are going to be kept, um, it's going to be a Kanji and Diaz. Okay. Um, and then uh, Guav is going to come in. I'm going to call him Guav. It's Guav, going to yeah, yeah, that's come right. in. Uh, <laughs> G-man. <laughs> uh, Ake, who 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 was again? Ake was another star performer last season. He really became very versatile. As Inchenko had gone, Cancelo was having his his troubles. Ake just stepped up using his experience and actually looked better than he had done previously. And then Stones will be on the on the right right of the back because Walker will have gone, I suspect. And Stones will move up into the middle with Rodri and uh, Kova. Yeah. Um, and then further forward, it will be Foden at first because Kevin, whatever happens, will be slowly brought back in, I hope. Um, so I think this is the year when um, Kevin has his understudy directly working as his understudy, his understudy being Foden. It's been there for many years. But last year, at the start of last year, Foden was going left at the front and he was competing for space with Grealish. Foden got injured. Grealish established himself at the front and the left. And Foden now is more um, utility in the middle. So I think he's... And then it's on the right-hand side at the front. I would expect Alvarez. That's for me. With Haaland. And so... That, so um, and then there are also all parts of pieces that I couldn't work out where they would fit in. Um, and of, of younger players and where they're going to fit in. So... so there's Rico Lewis, there's um, Cole Palmer, who lost a lot of confidence last season. The word from the from the fans is they expect him to go out on loan. For uh, very clear, the the manager wants to keep McAtee around because Sheffield Sheffield United have been after McAtee, and I think the word is that Man City are going to say um, you can have um, Doyle, but you can't have McAtee. I think the 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 worry is that if Bernardo goes, because um, Bernardo is another person that can go play in the middle and on the right, he's a key player for Pep. Pep knows he can ask him to do a task and he'll do it. The worry is that if he goes and he goes late on, what are they going to do? Um, yeah. The, I haven't mentioned Laporte. The word is that Laporte's going. Um, oh wow! Okay. That, that they just that, that he just he wants he wants more time. Yeah, that's, um, fair. that's fair. And then coming through um, is, is is the likes of Bob, Oscar, yes. Oscar, <laughs> Oscar Bob. I I don't think he's going to get a lot of time. Yeah. Um, but he is. I think he's a special talent. But you know, we've heard lots of this about special talent. He's not someone who scores goals. He does assists, and he is like like you know, it's not often people get called the little Messi, but that's what he's called. Wow, so that, big that, that, there's, a, there's a name that, and you saw him for 45 minutes in the first friendly. Um, he might play again. Uh, I think Man City play again tomorrow morning. Sorry, we're talking. We're, we're recording this on a Wednesday night. So Tuesday, yeah. Tuesday night. And yeah, we're talking about Wednesday morning. It's all right. You're doing a better job than I am in terms of time sapping the podcast. <laughs> um, I mean, speaking of uh, Messi, uh, Julian Alvarez, not bad for his first season, eh? a treble in a World Cup. 
again, I listened to the tape last, and I was very happy to say that that Conaguero recommended this man and said how good he was. Fantastic! I think this um, he's he's come from a one one club previously, um, and he's now moved in almost without um, without having to change his style. He's just, and I think he's going to be a really big talent. The thing that again, Man City were lucky with last season is that Haaland. He doesn't stay fit all season normally. Mm. He normally yeah. gets injured. Yeah. So again, for people, I did say last time, go for Alvarez, pick him up late on if you can. Yeah. Um, I, I I did in one league, and I was very frustrated at the start, but he was very useful towards the end. It's 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 so difficult to draft Man City, play, uh, Man City players, and we'll be moving on to who I would draft. Um, but unless their names Grealish, Foden, uh, Kevin or uh, Haaland, it's not really a game you want to play. Yeah, yeah. And even I if mean, you pick one of those, you might. If you pick Grealish and Foden, a lot of people were squealing last last year at the start of the season, saying, "I've got this one player. He's never playing." Yeah, yeah. It's it's a it's a well known fact when you own Man City assets. Um, you you either get limited minutes or their defense doesn't perform. But I mean, we'll we'll get to that in a few seconds. Lastly, um, Afcon Asian Cup. I don't think there's any big big loss, right? I mean, Mares was typically the one that you guys used to miss. Uh, there's no one else. No, no one else. Okay, lovely. So now we'll move on to the best part of the pod: the fan tracks, the picks, right? Okay. Your first pick, your next three picks. At least one hidden gem. So, again, we're talking about revisiting the last season's pod. When you talked about first picks, you had KDB, you had Cancelo, and then you were having Haaland. Has it changed now? I think it would have changed. I mean, what I said um, was that Haaland comes with a huge reputation. Um, Did I want it to be... But we've also seen lots of of players fail and the Bundesliga attacks. Um, Timo Werner, <laughs> yeah, Timo Tim, Tim Werner. But Harland has been the exception. He's been, he was he was marvelous, uh, big character, um, brought a lot of enthusiasm for fans, particularly young fans. Just love the idea, the way he comes across. Um, so, and I think at last time I said, well, I'd like him to be somebody else's problem. If he does well, great. If he doesn't do well, so what? And he was somebody else's problem. So people like um, drafting for upside were very happy to accept him at 1-1 um, and to because he was, he was very successful he, he doesn't do a lot beyond goals yeah so that's actually what I was going to ask you is like there's no ghost value over there like but the thing is is because of his quality and because of the quality of Man City as a team you almost expect him to be scoring at least one goal every two games no yeah you do expect it the the, if you go and watch, and again, watching him while the game's going on. Do you remember when you used to play at school and there used to be uh, goal hangers? People that used, used to hang around near the goal. We call them loafers. They call them loafers. <laughs> well, well he, he's, a, he's, a, he's an old-fashioned goal hanger. He, he, you know, he, he, do, he works for the team. I don't, don't, yeah. don't get me wrong. But yeah. he is he's a machine in, yeah. in that box. He's a machine. He gets there first and he knows where to get to. Um, it is magical to watch because uh, at other times he looks like a sack of potatoes. He, he, he's got that, I don't know if you've seen him in person, he's got that body. He hasn't grown into it yet. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. It's still, I think it's still growing to ha- to happen then. Um, and it, it can play like a sack of potatoes as well, but if it has to perform. So in terms of official fancy Premier League, he's a, he's a star, but again, he's not being ranked as number one in the consensus ranks at the moment. So, I mean, given the change of guard for KDB and, you know, with the understudy Foden, do you not think that KDB can still be considered as a top pick other than Haaland? Um, I would say um, I actually agree with Draft Genie. Be cautious. Um, Because he's not getting any younger. I think he's 32. Either he gets rushed back or is dealt with too gently. Um, Foden's there. It was always the that there was an understudy there. Um, I would be really happy if he comes back, but I see him now as a sort of senior statesman. Um, I'm hoping he does really well, and I'm hoping that I'm wrong, and that he's you know a top five asset. I wouldn't be taking him in the top five. If he drops to me at seven and eight, and I think that's what I said last time. If he drops to me, at yeah. seven, If he drops to me at seven or eight, I'll, I think I'll be picking him up. Um, but certainly I would be looking, if you're asking me the three after Haaland, there would be Grealish, Foden and Alvarez. Which rounds would you be grabbing them? Well, Grealish you're going to have to get in the first round. Foden you're going to have to get on the turn or soon in the second round. Otherwise he won't be there. If he drops drops further than the middle of the second round, you've got a really good deal. If Grealish drops into the second round, I think you've got a good deal. Yeah, Alvarez, you'll be wanting to get him ideally into the third to get a good deal. Um, But I suppose these are huge gambles. It depends around what the rest of the structure of your your roster is going to be like. Uh, Because if you you pick Grealish and Foden, Grealish has got the more, he's going to get the more reliable minutes. But interestingly, I think Foden might not have so so many difficulties with the minutes this time because he can play on that right wing He's, um, and he can play in the centre. I think there are a number of different places where he can be played, whereas previously it was sewn up that right right corner with um, Silva and with Mares. A lot. I mean, they're all moving parts. It depends around if if Sil- if Silva goes, you, Foden's going to have to play many more minutes. Because he's the reliable. It's okay talking about the youngsters, the McAtees, um, and the Palmers. They haven't got the experience, the reliability. Pep likes to rely upon his players. Yeah. He's all, he's old-fashioned that way. He doesn't say, "Oh, give it a go." He won't give it a go. He'll he'll want somebody to do a job. Yeah, I mean, Grealish looks like he is has like. Holland as his best friend. I think that would also give me a bit of a, like a gut feel to yeah, go for Grealish yeah. I, I, above I, the rest. I don't, I don't think he's. I don't think that's just for the cameras. Um, I think they are genuinely fond of each other. They um, and uh, so that they they get on the, the, the there is that connection. If you can get, but you're not going to get Grealish and Holland and a team together unless you can. Um, find some way of trading but Haaland is one of Haaland's skills is he he has a he understands the other he's a very intelligent player he understands the other players around him he knows what they're going to do he anticipates 
very much quicker than the than the defenders do and gets in the right place so he does have that connection on the pitch particularly with Foden and particularly with, with Grealish Grealish is just I think as I said last time he um you were you were big on Grealish and yeah. and 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 you were saying well what about Grealish is he going to come good and I was saying oh, you know me and Nuala my daughter were saying well he's a he's the man with the floppy hair that runs up and down and, <laughs> and still's not sure what he's doing and, and suddenly it's sort of like, like you know, he'd had some special lessons yeah, he's had some yeah. personal tuition from Pep saying, look, have a bit more confidence. You're not at Aston Villa anymore. Drive in field. Drive yeah. in field. Don't stick on that wing. Just drive in field. Be persistent. And he's also um, playing with a lot more muscle about him. Again, I'm very fortunate to go to see some matches. Yeah. And I'd seen him previously last season. Um, so, you know, if somebody touched him, he was theatrical, throwing himself yeah. around. If yeah. somebody touches him now, he got, he leans back into them. Yeah. Um, he doesn't he's, mess with He's got a bit of bite about him He's now. got that bite about him. And it's like, you know, come on, grow up. You know, you know protesting like you've, you've done previously is not going to work. And it's, so, it's, so it's rewarding. And I think I said last time, I'd be only too happy if he came through this um, and was playing good. So I think it's a great asset to get... So, so I probably have Grealish above Foden, and then Alvarez is a bit of a flyer. Um, but I'd be happy, happy with the the Harlem Grealish Foden. I don't think you can be unhappy if you manage to pick those up, but you just have to temper your expectations around Grealish and Foden. They're not going to be doing all the minutes, but they'll do most of the minutes. Okay, excellent. Now a hidden gem. A hidden gem. Uh, you, I knew you were going to ask me this. So I, I tried thinking about it. I, I can't think of. I mean, if you're playing dynasty like like we are in, yeah. we're do, currently doing a, a dynasty or, or keeper league where you have people that are going to be there longer, and you need to have younger players. Um, you could be looking at the likes of um, Bob, Oscar Bob. Mm. The, the I, okay, interesting. I, I, I will throw you something in here, and I'm, I'm pro- you've got to be generous with what you know. Have a look out for Borges. I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce it. B o r g e s. He's he's had a spectacular season for the um, for the second. Is that Carlos Borges for the second team? Okay, Por- Portuguese. He's just about they're in aim for the process of. of um, selling him to West Ham, I would have a watch. Again, you—it's a gamble because um, Moyes is not the best with young players. That's very it, true. It's, it's a gamble, but particularly if if you're playing um, if you're playing dynasty, and at the moment we can't pick Borges, so that's why I can say this without it affecting the the league that we're currently drafting for. Um, so. But but that that that's one for the fans. Um, it's it's a sort of odd odd hidden gem. It's not a Man City one. The other gem would be: do not touch the defense. Do not touch them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It, this is an FPL. This is fan tracks. Yeah. it's opposite wills for yeah. Man City defense but, scoring. Th- because for e- even Johnny Stones, it doesn't work out. It doesn't happen. Don't touch the goalkeeper. Um, there's something magical there that goes on. They function very well, but they don't score any points. 
Any chance we can consider maybe Kovacic or like you mentioned before, James McAtee as hidden gems? Because even to touch on James McAtee's performance for Sheffield, uh, in 21 appearances, uh, he had around 1,900 minutes, scored nine goals, three assists. Pretty healthy returns. Yeah. Um, if, if he returns to uh, Sheffield, I think he'll have the same returns. If he stays at Man City... I think he'll get. He'll have to share minutes with Cole Palmer on that right wing. Cole Palmer. Um, he might play in the centre, I suppose. But I suppose where where he got those points for Sheffield United, he was playing where Kevin happens to be and where Foden happens to be. He's not going to kick them out. So again, if you if you see attacking players from Man City that are not picked up. Um, stream them. So like Bernardo Silva, for yeah. example. So, so again, Bernardo two years ago was a useless asset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. now he's getting getting points. So if it's if it's beyond the halfway mark, uh, Rodri Rodri was was good. I mean, he, he played very well. But if you if you look at his figures, they're good. They're not spectacular. So it's like a steady eddy. It's a steady eddy. But yeah. as as Totti would say, or drafting for upside would say, they ain't gonna win you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, they're the, gonna, they're gonna, you know, you, on some weeks, you need at least one player on your on your roster that can do that. You need to send someone that's reliable. But they're not gonna, they're not gonna win you. Yeah, that's fair. I I think you'd be relying on a bit of luck to get some big scores from the likes of like your Rodri's or your Casemiro's and stuff like that. I mean, it's good plug and plays, you know, good backup if, you know, one of your many city assets decides to, you know, get punished by Pep's roulette. Um so I think in that occasion definitely I would I would love to have Rodri. Um okay, any other assets you want to talk about before we move on to our final segment? No, that that's fine. I just I'd just be really cautious about Man City defenders. Just remember, it's not, um, it's not the official, it's not the official game. The points, the points are so different. Just be careful. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Could not reiterate that more. Okay, now Ben, you gotta tell the community, give the community your years of experience, summarize it in terms of how you do trades or FA slash waiver picks. So do you do draft pick trades when you trade with other managers? Do you consider form or fixtures? In terms of fab, like how do you typically budget your fab across the season? What were some of your lessons learned over the past few seasons? And why don't you hit us up with some of your best and worst trades in your career thus far? Okay. Um, well, I'm a bit of a miser when it comes to fab. Um, in the in the league that Robbie was talking about, Robbie was here talking about Liverpool. It's the one I listened to last night, and um, he I was in that league that he was in, where he spent you know eighty five fab on on McNeil when McNeil first came in, and then he dropped him to. Now I, I wouldn't spend that amount of money. Agreed. I, <laughs> I, 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 I I see fab. I mean, again, Genie has done an article. Um, for for people that are in a circle about saying, in a genie kind of way, in a provocative kind of way, you know, get rid of all your fab before you start, because it, you know, it's, it's it's not good for you. I'll I'll let people read that article. Uh, I've done another article which which I think will be coming out saying, keep your fab, 
because it's really <laughs> useful to you. So, you know, it's, it's a game of opinions. But for me, what suits me is I like to put a little bit of fab on and I like beating other people to the waiver wire because you don't know you don't know how someone's form's going to change. We for for me the way I see the game is that people there are some rare players who are good the whole season. Most of the other players go in and out of form. So you need something to beat your competitors to get that player. You need to have a bit of a, a so I was part of that that gold league. I was very fortunate to be in with the big boys there. Um, and um, come February, myself and um, Donny, we, we managed to get um, a duopoly going. We had to be ethically correct in that we didn't discuss the players we were going to go for because you can't. That's not fair. But we we had a, a, a there was a system whereby we'd rather bid one or two, and that one if we were half keen or two if we were really keen. But for me, Fab is a really fascinating part of the game. But I, I, I'm, i you know, it's, there's some really peak danger times. Peak danger times being September and January, where people just lose their mind. <laughs> yeah. They absolutely lose their mind. And I just say, you know, have a bit of reality check. Think about how useful this fab might be to you at another time when you're struggling. Because one win is one win. You can only make, and you might, you know, you might need that fab a little bit later on, a bit like Robbie was saying. Ration it out. But be honest with yourself. If you want to play high roll, that's fine. The great thing about this game is there's no right and wrong ways to do it. Uh, I joke, yeah, I joke, I joke about Genie, and Genie doesn't play, doesn't wants to get rid of his fab. He's got money in his pockets. He's got to burn it. Um, uh, 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 that's fine as well just wouldn't suit me. I like to have a little bit of cash there, just in case. Yes, I might lose out on some people at the start, but that doesn't really worry me. I'm interested in games 30 to 38, frankly. That's that's my focus with the, with the fab. What have I got? And particularly if you're into playoffs, because there it could be in the difference between winning the playoff and not winning the playoff, because it's a head-to-head. And, and nobody else is, 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 is nobody else is, is going to be in the market. So I'm a I'm a big fan fan of, of of fab and keeping it. I'm not a huge trader. I'm a bit uh, famously, and I hope it changes. But I've never traded with Genie because there's always duff deals. <laughs> that that's what I think. Or maybe maybe I'm not taking. I don't see what the benefit is for me at the deal. I'm not a huge trader. I did some good trading last last season. I suppose uh, yeah, I know you're going to ask me this question. So I managed to pick up after famously uh, Ryan said that Shah couldn't couldn't play football. He was dropped in the first few weeks, and I managed to pick him up for five fab, which was a, which was a large amount for me on waiver wire. That's amazing. And about <laughs> and about about weeks two or three, and then I managed to trade him out um, with a. With somebody else thrown in, I forget who it was for Estupanan. Much later, oh, wow. much later on, where okay. where Newcastle was starting to to fade a little bit. So I'm more of a I like I'm a, what do you call it? Where the, the bottom of the river? I'm more uh, or the bottom of the bottom of the sea. I, I deal in the bottom with, like the sediment. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, <laughs> I deal at the bottom. Um, and I, that's that's everybody's different. I don't 
I'm not a big, you know, I paid 50 for this person. It's not going to work for me. It just, it's not, it's not my style. Um, in terms of other, other trades that I've, I've looked back on and thought that was good. It's, it's again, trying to, I, I traded, somebody wanted McAllister two years ago and they wanted to give me all their fab for this person. This was about week 25. And I was, this was one of the two people that hadn't, that still had fab beyond with me. And I said, that's great. Fantastic. Here you go. <laughs> so, so, so I suppose it, I, I just, I like to see what the fantasy money can, can, can do for me. Disastrous things that I've done. Um, I, I'm not a good drafter. I know I'm not a good drafter. Um, I make it, I make up my poor drafting. Um, I don't think I'm as adventurous enough. Um, and that's the thing, you know, you know, Rob, something that you were asking Robin, and maybe something what you, what you're going to ask other contributors is what are you going to do, do different this season? Yeah. Um, what I'm going to do different this season is try to be more adventurous when I'm drafting. Um, sometimes I'm a little bit too, too cautious. I go with the names that I know rather than, and, and I can put too much heart in it. Uh, I need to get rid of some of that heart and just say, Let's see what the figures are saying. Go adventurous. Um, so that's that's what uh, that's my view on on stuff. Does that help you? Yeah, I mean, uh, to to kind of just reiterate what you said, I completely agree about saving your fab, uh, uh, even with the playoffs, right? I think last season I spent like my biggest purchase was I think thirty or thirty five fab for Mikkel Damsgaard. Um, and that was a magnificent flop <laughs> because some of my best picks came from zero, one, or two dollar bids for the likes of Karo Matoma, uh, Joel Ward when he had his purple patch under Roy's return, uh, Felipe for Nottingham Forest, uh, even Yerimina towards the end of the season um, when Everton were fighting um, for their lives. I think I grabbed him for one fab and it basically helped me win my playoffs. And yeah, I had a great end to my season. So, agreed. Try and save as much of your money as possible. Uh, even if it's like $5 towards the last few game weeks. Like, every single dollar counts. Yeah, uh, one thing I really like on your normal banter boy chat is I love it when we're, you know, we're, we're, I think you've had your halftime drink and then you get taken into this, I have this imaginary, this front room where you discuss what's happening in the league. And you're there, yeah. like I managed to put one one fab on, and I beat you to him, didn't I? <laughs> so I, I love that that little because you're very open as a bunch about yeah. that 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 chat. And so I, yeah. I, I I quite enjoy, I, enjoy, I enjoy listening to that because it's a yes, yeah, a bit of bitching at each other, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> let's, be, let's be honest, that's what's going on. Exactly. I'm not even going to hide that. I, I, thank you so much for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we lo we love um sharing our, you know, airing our dirty laundry to the public. <laughs> we hope it can inspire a move or two, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I suppose it's it's nice because it's like it's like um what I I like from your for your chat is that it's always with a friendly friendly hand as well. Thank you so much, Ben. I truly I truly appreciate those words. All right. Um, I th I think that's everything we had planned to talk about. Picks, pod. Uh, ben, do you have any anything else you want to discuss or touch on that we haven't already, or any final pieces of advice for Fantrax managers and a community new and old? Um, enjoy yourself. Be nice to each other. Yeah, we're here. Yeah. We're here. We're here for fun. There you go. We said it last season. We say it again. 
just have fun, right? Enjoy yeah. it. It's just a game at the end of the day. Yeah, I, li- I think... life life is tough enough. Real life is tough enough. Don't 100%. don't bring that tough life into uh, our our pleasure time. Hundred percent. All right, listeners. Ben, it was such a pleasure to talk to you about everything Fantrax and Man City. I can't wait to have you on during the season. I know I said that last time, but we're definitely going to make a more active effort to bring back our fan reps during the season. Um, I think everyone's just gotten busier, and I do want to hear from everyone during the season as well. Uh, but yeah, other than that, listeners, you know, keep keep tuned. Uh, we're going to have... I'm trying to think of which rep we're going to have next. Uh, it might be Newcastle. It might be Aston Villa. I don't know. Just, you know, keep tuned. The content's just going to be amazing. It's going to be great to catch up with everyone, find out how their teams are doing, and learn more, get more advice and experience from experienced managers in this marvelous community that you can find on Twitter. Ben, I'll catch you on the next episode then. Peace. Peace.